Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. God in three persons. Uh, <laughs> Ready? Go. God in three persons. Oh, I'm trying to get it together. Two, three, four. God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on now. All that practice finally paid off. My Boom. goodness. Years, years of practice. Everybody, years. welcome back to A Little Better. I hope that you've been desperately looking forward to that because we've been dreading it. Um, <laughs> and it almost didn't happen. Oh. So Guys, all the fans. Guys, this could be a thing. Like, we could mm. make this like a band or like a... Yeah, I think... Um, the yep. three tenors? The what would we call our, <laughs> our group? Three amigos? <laughs> <laughs> Both of those seem taken already. Uh, so, hey, let's jump in. Let's talk about God is. And, guys, the series is now over. Mark, thanks for closing it out so well. <clears throat> and I hope that throughout this series, I know I personally have gotten a chance to um, learn and grow, even just through the prep process. I know it's always encouraging to do a little bit of extra study and and grow together. So let's let's jump in and talk specifically, Mark, about your sermon from Sunday, thinking about sovereignty. Um, I guess my my first question for you is what what did you not get to address that maybe you wanted to? Some tensions. I know we in as we pre-preach, there's always stuff that comes up, you know, that that doesn't quite fit in by the time Sunday comes around. So what are some things that maybe you felt like ah, I would have loved to lean in there? Hmm. Yeah, man. Um I mean, it was such a big topic. Um, as God's sovereignty, there's just so much. Um, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, even that, I think it was the first verse that I referenced, Ephesians 1, 11, just I feel like a lot of the texts that we, you know, that I used on Sunday, I, I feel like I had to, you know, so, somewhat skim uh, over them. And, you know, when it comes to Ephesians 1, 11, man, that's such a profound verse and uh, it talks in there a lot about God's election of those that he's chosen, his predestination. And, uh, you know, couldn't really get into that as a sure. subject. That's a whole other that's, sermon. so much that's, there. That's yeah. a whole other sermon series, really. Um, so really feeling like, man, you know, I couldn't even really, um, I couldn't even really get into how that plays um, into the subject of God's sovereignty because there just wasn't time for it. But... I think just in general, there being a tension around that question, I think people immediately run to that question as, man, wow, you know, if God chooses uh, some and he doesn't choose all, does that mean that he's truly loving? And so that's really bringing in week, what was it, week three, God is love. 
kind of tying the two subjects together a little bit, but is, you know, is God sovereign? And if he is, and if he chooses, then how can he at the same time only choose some? And what would cause him to still be considered loving if he does that? And I think Mm -hmm. it's a lot of times it, it comes probably more from our misunderstanding of what we as people truly deserve, mm-hmm. and that, that God would be, in fact, perfectly just and completely loving, even if he allowed every person on planet Earth to experience the consequence of their rebellion against him. But the, the great news about our God is he's far more loving, and his plan, his sovereign plan, is far greater than that. And so he has chosen some out of his grace. Yeah. Uh, and that's the the issue of sovereignty applied to salvation is where mm. it often the, the Calvinism yeah. debate or like right. Arminianism that's where that comes up and obviously because we were trying to cover the whole idea of who God is it ends up yeah. being not something you can series can focus in on but that kind of brings up attention that the big idea of this entire series was whether or not you follow God depends on who you believe God is right that was the series that's the series bottom line. But that in itself is not a terribly Calvinistic sounding statement. Right. Like that kind of sounds like I'm choosing whether or not I follow God. So talk to me about that tension because you were talking about how God's in control. Yeah. And now I'm saying, well, whether or not I follow him is actually yeah. up to me. Yeah, that absolutely. And I <laughs> I completely wrestled with that statement even as I was preaching it. It was one of those statements that I was like, ah, you know, yeah, but only in some sense, like in a grander sense, that statement probably isn't technically um, true from a from a Calvinistic or from a, a predestination standpoint. But I would say, you know, I think it's fair to say that there is some degree in which, in a responsive way to what God has already done in a a human being's heart, that statement is true. That that you know, whether we follow Him or whether we even you know even before that initial moment of true belief in Christ, whether we begin to even be curious about who He is or intrigued by claims about God, I think you know that does that often does depend on our thought of who God is in the first place. And so that can initially steer us away or it can kind of lead us to discover more. But but again, how much is <laughs> how much is God really working in in the process uh, behind the scenes in our hearts? That's the mystery of it right. because it it's kind of both. Like there's right. this he works in and through our choosing, but yet he's also, you know, allowing that to happen in some mysterious yeah. way. It, it's it's That's the confounding, I think, hard piece on all of it, too. No doubt. It's the difference between what we believe to be true intellectually and what we um, our lived-in experience says. So I think our experience, our what it feels like to live in this world, is that whether or not I follow God depends on who I believe mm-hmm. he is. It feels as if that's all in me. But when we step back and we read the scriptures, what we understand is that, no, God was always at work in the yeah, background. Whether or not you right. follow God is actually 100% dependent on yeah. God's work in your life. Right. But the lived experience is, well, no, it was based on what right. I thought. So from our perspective versus God's perspective, that's where some of that debate comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's always been helpful to me to think about who is it that initiates the process, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's God, you know, even I'm thinking of First John, you know, where we love because God first loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's he, he that initiates the process, but yes, at a a certain point, and maybe a very early point, our heart responds to what he's doing or how he's drawing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the series bottom line, it you know, it is what it is. It has its own tensions. But we also, we had an original wording yeah, of right. that that had its own tensions with yep. it. That in the first week I ended up changing, it was originally how you define God determines whether or not your God is worth following. So how you define God determines whether or not your God is worth following. But that had its own baggage because yeah. then it kind of sounded like, I get to decide who God is. Like God, 
God is different for every person, and I we all kind of define our own mm. version of God, and then that's the true version of God. And that was like, well, yes and no. I mean, yes, it's true, but not all the way true. And then, but the same thing was true of our second bottom line. So I don't know that we nailed it either time, but it's close. <laughs> no statement is absolutely perfect, I guess. Mm. But um, hey, so let's let's think about you know the series as a whole. Was there any? A resource, Mark, that you feel like, and either of your messages, God is love or God is sovereign, that you would recommend that people kind of go after if they want to go further into this. And we'll ask the same thing for you, Nate. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to God is sovereign, I think a great resource um, is is actually a Tim Keller resource, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. I, I love how Keller has the ability to handle you know enormous uh, topics at, at an intellectual level, but then also help us in very practical ways to... Um, to really know how, how we should live in light of some of these great tensions. And so that, that I think, is a, a helpful resource on, on God's sovereignty. On the, the one about, you know, my sermon about God's love, um, man, I think in, in both of these sermons, and probably you guys felt this as well, like these topics are so big that I wasn't maybe as prone to run out and try to find a lot of resources because there was already so much that I was feeling like, man, I need to actually cut more than I can even include. And so, uh, but on, on the love of God, I, I think I mentioned this, um, to, uh, to Nate Logan, uh, in terms of an equip article that he could recommend or an, an equip resource that he could re- recommend. It's the classic book by, um, C.S. Lewis, the, the four loves. And I just think that that's a helpful way to understand the different, um, words that we translate into our English Bible as love, the New Testament uses, and just getting a, a better understanding of the nuances of, you know, what love is and, uh, the kind of love that we're called to live being that agape love that, that God uh, has for us. Nate, Nate, nice. <laughs> Nate, how about you? I think one for, for me that I know has been helpful to me um, and was kind of even part of the inspiration behind why I chose Habakkuk, trying to you know wrestle with this idea that God is good. But um, Craig Rochelle, he wrote a book called Hope in the Dark. It's an awesome, awesome read. Anyone who knows Craig Rochelle as well, he's an awesome communicator, pastor, writer. He's super easy to, to, to track with and follow, and he's relatable. But he essentially did a, a much deeper or more in-depth study um, through... The whole book is really... Hope in the Dark is the book of Habakkuk. And so he works through kind of what I did in a very quick way. In 30 minutes, he actually wrote a book around it. So, But it's really good, super practical. Uh, the title of it, again, is Hope in the Dark. Great resource for people who are trying to understand how can God be good when fill in the blank, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, talk to me. I, I feel like in some ways, even as we were preparing this series, the idea that God is good and that God is sovereign, both of those character qualities of God or, you know, characteristics, whatever, they, um, they both lead us to the question of, but what about the hard things in my life? Like the problem of pain, the problem of difficulties, when things enter my life that I don't like, both of those issues kind of like God's goodness and God's sovereignty both bring us back to that topic. So, um, wh- why is that? How did you guys, you know, as you were thinking through your messages, how, how did you approach trying to handle that without stepping on the other message? <laughs> it was tough because they are somewhat related. I, I know, you know, my talk trying to lay this foundation or try to help people truly embrace and believe that God is good. You have to, at some point wrestle with, well, how can he be good when there's evil and there's suffering and there's bad things? And so, that that was a tension I felt, and I addressed it kind of briefly in my message of just talking about, man, 
God didn't create evil. That was a result of us turning our back on God. Satan and Adam and Eve, that was a result of them turning from God's perfect will and plan, which brought then sin, brokenness, and death into the world. But kind of talked on because, as we see in the story of Habakkuk, God uses the Babylonians to bring about justice for the nation of Judah. So how in the world does that work? And that's actually really more <laughs> about sovereignty because it's more God. He didn't create evil, but he's sovereign, and he's even sovereign over evil and can use it to bring about his good and perfect plan. So that was really me actually more addressing the sovereignty of God and how he uses evil to accomplish what is right, just, and good. But I know that was a tension I was feeling in my talk about, okay, evil, where does it come from? We know God didn't create it, but yet he uses it, <laughs> which rolls into Mark's category of sovereignty. So yeah, it was def I don't mm. yeah, know Mark how you thought about that as you were trying to, you know, yeah. put your talk together. Yeah, I, man, I felt that tension too. I, I you know, preaching after your message, I <laughs> I was doing my best to to try to compliment what you said, but I know we all felt that tension of um, not wanting to speak over necessarily, but but realizing at the same time like all of these these attributes of God um, man, they they do intersect, right? They they have to hang together because God is is one. He is perfect. Um, you know, His attributes uh, complement one another perfectly. Mm. Yeah. And so I feel like um, you know, saying that God is love and knowing that that's altogether true, and saying that God is sovereign and believing that wholeheartedly that's true, and then trying to filter that through the lens of our experience. That's not God's problem, right? He's right. perfect in His being. That's our problem with with grasping how that can right. really um, function together. But but again, you know, and I, I covered this um, just on Sunday. Is ultimately uh, he he did uh, in his plan include a, a final um, remedy to this whole thing. You know, he did make it right in the end, and will uh, as we look at it now in this point in history, he will ultimately bring it to a place where we get it finally. In the end, mm -hmm. we'll understand. We don't understand sure. it now, but thankfully, you know, by his grace, we'll understand it in the end. And I love that verse. Uh, is it in First John? We should. We shall be like him, for we will see him, as, see him he as, as he is. And I think that idea of just like seeing him as he is, we're we're doing our best to see God as he is, and we're not yet. So we covered four topics: love, good, holy, and sovereign. My the first week was kind of just an intro. So um, love, good, holy, and sovereign. We plan intentionally. We try to put things in an order that makes sense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if we could redo this series again and cover these topics in any order that makes the most logical sense. What four in if we have to cover those four attributes, what order would you put them in? Well, love, Aaron, good, holy, sovereign. Aaron tried to make the case that holy is the best of the four. Well, like that's he did because his, it he is. He did his job. <laughs> he he did his best job. He made his best attempt. But I'll say this: you know, yes, there's a repetition of three with holy and all that. That's cool. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to know, remember what the other attributes that get mentioned in his throne room are. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. None of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, okay. and maybe it's all about his throne room, but, <laughs> but 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 I think it's all about the scriptures. And so you know, oh, uh, when when you look Nelson at the New Testament, hot here. when you look at like the it. New Testament, uh -huh. what you see is that there's only three things that the Bible says that the New Testament says God is, and one of them isn't holy. Uh, God is fire, God is light, and God is love. Okay. Come on now. Okay. So it never says that God is holy. It says, yes, holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. Mm -hmm. So there is the reversal of that. But just sure. to be clear, 
the actual is the words, only one that God is blank. Yeah. You know, God is a consuming so, fire. I don't he know how weighty that like, is, but that just felt like I wanted okay, to say Okay, you, you're trying to make your, your case right here, Miller? You wanna, God <laughs> I'm letting is you guys duke it out. This has been fun to kind of observe <laughs> and watch. If So you're asking if we were to put these in order. In order out of, of these four. Yeah, some kind of an order. Uh, my first take at that would be probably... That he is good, not just because I spoke it, but he's good. No, and that, it is because you spoke yeah, it. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Okay, that's true. <laughs> God is good. He is, uh, God is love. He's sovereign and he's holy. That's probably the four, maybe, if I were trying to oh, sequentially. Oh, because you want me to really, like, bring it home. Yeah, just like. Yeah. I know, I get that. I mean, I understand that. Sweep bar mess, bring clarity where there yeah, was yep. confusion. Right, yeah. yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I never gave you an order. Okay, give me so an order. I think you, we just started fighting. I just. Right, we were fighting, and so I want to come back and and just acquiesce a little bit. So okay. <laughs> I, I will say that we're going to start with holy. Okay, okay. yeah, <laughs> because then, of the repetition of three, uh, maybe. <laughs> and then we're going to go to uh, to sovereign, I think, and then we're going to go to to good, and then finally we're going to wrap it up with love. Oh, he's bad and clean up mm. now. Did you okay, see that? so yeah, mm. I did see that. I did see what you did there. <laughs> I'm going to go. Well, since thanks you for asking. let off and batted clean up in that order, didn't you? Uh, well, in terms of the attributes, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. He he wants he's like he's trying to be Mookie Betts and JD Martinez. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that. No, but <laughs> yeah, that's no, what I definitely. did in the series. In actuality, in yeah, reality, is, is I, I did do he the did first go one. First more just the Boston Red Sox people. I don't agree with. Okay, Sorry. yeah, you okay. want Brett Gardner? Is that Absolutely, Brett Gardner Lee and John Carlos Stanton. Judge, when, oh, when these judge, guys start okay. talking about baseball, I just. Bow out. I dig the conversation. <laughs> I'm a yeah. Mets fan, so nobody cares. I think it's because you're a National League fan that nobody cares. Right. That's yeah. That's the case. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for asking. I will say that I will put it in the order. <laughs> um, I'm starting with Holy because I think that's his most essential attribute, and then I'm gonna go um, good, mm-hmm. and then I'll go. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm going Holy, mm-hmm. and then I'm going Love. And then I'm going good and sovereign in e- the same either week? order. Good and either sovereign order. The same week? Oh. Either good than yeah. sovereign or sovereign than good. Because I, mm-hmm. I guess in my head what could have been nice is let's start with these essential characteristic, move to love to describe like kind of what it feels like to interact with God, more of that like personal interactive side. Because the other and then move to good. So we've yeah. got like interactive characteristics in the middle, also communicable attributes. We've got um, and then also finally, and good and sovereign right next to each other, so you can talk about their interplay intention a little Bro, more. Bro, you just easily. dropped a big word, communicable. You should explain that. That's uh, a is good that one. About though. The coronavirus. That is. It's related. <laughs> it's related to the spread of virus. Okay. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> way right? too soon. Communicable by the way. and uncommunicable. In or non-communicable. Yeah, yeah non, non yes. or in. Yeah. So um, certain attributes of God are ones that we are meant to reflect and ultimately to. Um, Utilize so goodness and love are things yeah. that God is, but we need to reflect. Right. He same wants us to holiness. copy them. Yeah, yeah he, holiness in the same way, but not to the same degree. That, but also, but sovereignty is a good example of one that's an incommunicable attribute. We can't ultimately right. demonstrate sovereignty, and God isn't asking us to like be sovereign as I am sovereign. Right. But He does say, "Be holy as I am holy." That yeah. kind of thing. Well, hey, I know we're kind of coming to the end here, but Aaron, you know, before we're done here, I, I had just a maybe a, a, a small pushback to one statement that was made in, in your message, which I. Actually, I think it's a great statement. Hold Actually, on, hold on, Miller. Did you hear what he said? That a small pushback. <laughs> well, is that, is that slight like, pushback. Is that's that like better? a very polite thing. Okay, here we go. Here comes the knife. No, it's not a knife. It's I, I actually like the statement, and I think it's really important. Okay. Um, you said childhood answers, that, that we often look for childhood answers to solve grown-up questions, or, or some form of that, sure. right? Yep. And 
I think that's I think that's really helpful, and I think it's good that we we get beyond simple childhood answers. Um, we we need to do that a lot. But I also do feel like sometimes we we are happy to settle for childhood answers um, in other areas, and we don't really think we need to go beyond them, or we don't push back on them as much. Um, and I think we we have to admit that in some cases, you know what, the childhood answer that we got was actually pretty good. Um, it was actually sufficient to some degree. Uh, shout out to our awesome kids men volunteers, right? Sure. But but I think like you know the the idea that God made everything, we might consider that a very childish answer. Like oh, God created the world. Well, it is a childish answer, but it's also a real a, a real good adult answer. It's a real profound answer as well. And I think it's it's not any more childish than like for example, a naturalist might say, well, everything just essentially came from nothing, and they're almost happy to just sort of conclude that and, and go on uh, with with those presuppositions as well. So I just think you know, as long as we're kind of playing by uh, by the rules in both cases, or sure. you know, in any category, meaning it's not just exclusive to Christians who yeah, have the, these types of fair. answers. Like even an atheist, a naturalist could have a, a question or thought about the creation of the world that they developed as a young child that they've just held on right. to or and whatever sometimes we and actually, are clinging to now. Right. I think sometimes we actually do have to settle for what could seem like a childhood I got you. Uh, or a childish answer. Um, so yeah. it's not, yeah, I guess I agree with you. And first of all, I'm going to go ahead and blame Andy Stanley for that statement because it was his. Andy. So there we go, Andy, <laughs> it's your fault. But then second of all, um, I agree, I, I would agree, but I'm thinking through the lens of uh, a childhood answer, like a simplistic one, God is good or God made yeah, everything or yeah. what's the, what are we to grow? You know, trust and obey, you know, or read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Okay. Those are like yeah. childhood, simple answers. And the, the thing is, I, I don't think the answer, the problem to me is not in the answer itself. The right. problem is that we heard them as a child. We understood them as a child and we have not since appropriated our adult level knowledge into the profoundness of yeah, that statement. That's good. So I think an adult saying, Hey, look, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. <laughs> yeah. That's like for me, Aaron Hickson today in 2020, that actually is like a very profound, meaningful and true statement. Yeah, yeah. If I want to grow my faith, there's literally nothing better I could do than read my yeah. Bible and pray every day. That actually is very profound. But if I hear it as a five-year-old, I could miss that there's, well, what about other books? And how yeah. often do I have to pray? And what if I don't mm -hmm. pray every day? And there ends up being all these confusions and questions. And it doesn't come from the problem of the statement itself. Sure. It becomes because I listened and understood as a child yeah. rather than reappropriating the same simple but right. profound truth. It's almost yeah. like you stopped your discovery then. And right. you continue yeah. to develop and dig in and think and study and read. Yeah, even a naturalist saying that everything came from nothing. I think that's the kind of thing that like a really sharp intellectual person could a uh, naturalist could write a book about the entire creation of the world and their big bang cosmology. And it could, all of this like thousand page book could come to the end. And the final thing is, and so in the end, everything came from nothing. And it'd be mic like, drop. yeah, <laughs> mic drop. And like now that's that yeah. now seemingly simple statement is backed by a thousand yeah. pages of data. Right. And now it's like, oh wow, that's a really, sure. or if somebody wrote a book about spiritual growth and it lands with, and so in the end, read your Bible, pray every day yeah. and you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Now that simple statement sounds so profound because of what it's backed by. Yeah. And so that's what I'm encouraging people to do in that statement is to say, reappropriate the simple truths through the lens of lived-in experience yeah. and careful study. Uh, and that's awesome. And that's why I think that statement is a really helpful one for us. So nice well, job. Well, guys, thanks for being part of this series. It's been awesome. Thanks for being on the podcast. And who knows? I'm sure we'll be back in the conversation together sometime. Thanks for all that you do. And thanks for all the fun we have in Campus Cove. Go Amen. Red Sox. Yeah. You Glad it. to be part of this. Yes, sir.
By the way, Nate, I just said go Red Sox and you didn't even respond. So whatever. Oh, go. dude. Just you now? missed it. Yeah. I'm off my game. What's going on? <laughs> Spring training hasn't hit yet. Okay. But Unfiltered Jesus is next week, March the 8th. We're kicking off the series. I'm very much excited about it. Come on out, guys. Live Pi Squared. And let's let's fill this place up in all of our campuses leading into Easter.